welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen today, so expect miracles. This week on Faith in the Morning, we're taking another look at faith. Yes, Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement. And I'm going over a message I shared last year when we talked about what is faith. And we looked at it in such a way that I believe is going to inspire you even today and help you re-examine where is your faith, how are you using your faith, are you building your faith, Faith is like a muscle. It must be built up. So enjoy the messages this week and help and encourage your faith and give you another perspective of faith and remind you how to use your faith so you can experience the miraculous in your life. Keep your faith turned on. Keep your faith turned up and add to your faith. Enjoy the message. So it's not just a good enough to have the substance and the force of faith in your heart. You must act on your faith. Abraham acted on his faith. Rahab had faith. Now, if she had faith, that means she heard the word. Now, how could this woman of Jericho, this Canaanite, hear the word? She said, when you read Joshua chapter 1 and Joshua chapter 2, she said, we all heard how your God delivered you from Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea, how you took down Og and the other giant king who was in the area. We heard it. And I know that God has given you this land. She heard and she spoke. Faith must be spoken. There's no such thing as silent faith. Your faith must be said. She heard, she spoke, and then she acted upon it by protecting the two spies. She heard, she spoke, she acted. Her faith was in action. Now, it doesn't mean her lifestyle was right. No, it wasn't. But her faith, and she says, now here's what I want you to do. Here's a request. When God brings you in, because I know he's giving you this land, you protect me and my family. And notice what they responded. It's because you've shown us this kindness. Anybody who's in your house will be protected. If they go into the streets, that's on them. But if they're in your house, whoever's in your house will be protected. Whatever they got will be protected. So you know Rahab may have had whatever she had to do, Tupperware party, whatever she had to say, everybody who was in her house, her parents, her siblings, her other co-workers, everybody else. If they were there, they were protected. Oh, what's going on outside? Don't you open that door. Oh, what? don't you put your head out that window. If they were in the house, they were protected. Now, what was the sign of protection? That scarlet cord. A foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus. This woman's lifestyle was not righteous. But how does she get the benefits of the righteous? Her faith. And her faith, not knowing, but her faith in the blood of Jesus. It took her out of that lifestyle. It delivered her from the judgment on Jericho. Now, when he studied out the Canaanites, they had many horrible, horrible practices. And that's why a lot of them were losing the land. But the number one thing why they were judged, because they refused to believe. They all heard the same thing. Yet Rahab was the only one who believed. She believed what God said. She heard it. She believed. And it saved her and her family. But it didn't just stop her there. It got her outside of the lifestyle she was living in. But then it didn't stop her there because it says she married a prince among the people. That's what they called him. So he was not a physical prince, but he had authority and he had money. That's pretty good. Her faith. Moving on up. But then they had a child by the name of Boaz, who we know, reading Ruth, had money. In a time of famine, he had the food and he had the money. It looks like it's working on the next generation. 
And then Boaz and Ruth get married, and they got a kid named Obed. Okay, weird name, Obed. Had a kid named Jesse. Okay, that sounds a little bit more familiar. Jesse had a son named David. Rahab's faith got her out of a lifestyle and put her in the lineage of kings. She's the ancestress of King David. But even more important than that, it put her in the lineage of Jesus. Her faith and the foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus put her in the lineage of those who have caused Jesus to be born into the earth. Your faith won't just get you out of something, it'll get you into something. And it'll get you into something good. What is faith? Go to Jude 120. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. This word building can also be translated charging. Your faith needs to be charged. Say, my faith needs to be charged. And you charge your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. The example I like to use is my phone. I have to charge my phone probably at least twice a day because of all the stuff I use it for, for recording, for stuff, random things. I have to charge it, right? If it runs out of power, my phone is not much good to me except as a paperweight. Or if I wanted to throw it at somebody, I guess. It's not much use to it unless it's charged. Same way with your faith. It won't do you much good if you don't charge it. So that's why you should spend some time every day praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues. It will charge your faith. Well, pastor, I don't know what I said. You don't have to always know what you said in the Spirit. You can pray out an answer before it hits your head. And he says, why spend this time praying? I'm not sure what it says. Just say, I take the answer by faith. I take it while it's still a mystery. And then when you need to know, you know exactly what to do. Your faith has to be charged. It has to be developed like a muscle. It's a shield. It doesn't prevent all attacks from coming, but it'll uh, uh, prevent the attack from doing what it, was, what it was intended to do to you. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Let's begin to... Bring this to a close. Second Chronicles 14. Talking about what is faith. Second Chronicles 14. It's talking about the reign of King Asa. And he built fenced cities in Judah, verse 6. For the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities, and make about the walls and towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, 200 and four score thousand, so 280,000, all these were mighty men of valor. It's a pretty good army for him. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots. So his army alone is far greater 
than what King Asa and his kingdom can fight. Then Asa went out array against them, and they set the battle on array in the valley of Zephtah Mereshah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Now notice what King Asa said. God, there is nothing with you to save by many or save by few. For those with a lot of power or those with no power at all. So once again, examine where is your faith. So let's say the type of business in you need a certain amount of sales or contracts to come in a month to meet your goal. How many of you have that number? How many depend on that number? Well, your dependence on the wrong place. Because if you depend on that exact number, so let's say that random number is 37. He says, well, I don't have 37 come in, something bad. I, I have to cut something, right? But what if you just had one really big sale? And that was more than 37 could do. So do you really need 37? Or you just need one? So maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, just go with me for a second, just go with me. Maybe our faith is not, shouldn't be in how much business we can bring in. But our faith, just maybe, can be in the God who's more than enough. Because there's nothing with him to save by many or by few. There's nothing for him to provide for you for one customer or 505 customers. So don't put your faith in the number of things you need to come in every month. Just put your faith in the God who provides. Now, that doesn't mean you don't budget. I did not say don't budget. I did not say or not organize your financial life. I just says put your faith in God to meet these needs and govern yourselves accordingly. Because one of the things that happens in times like these, industries change. And those who are ready introduce disruptive innovations. And when disruptive innovations are introduced, certain industries disappear. And he's like, well, if my industry disappears, I can't provide for myself. It's not your job to provide for yourself. It is your job to work. God told everybody, work. But he's still your provider. So faith in God can keep you being innovative. There are people this year who, at the beginning of the year, they might not have been doing that good, but they've made more money this year than they had in their entire lives. They innovated. There are some people who, you know, bought a random stock, and now they're so glad they bought that stock. Don't put your faith in what your flesh can do. Put your faith in God. And let him lead you accordingly. And seek to be innovative. One of the things you've heard me say, and I've said about my personal life and about this church and things that we strive to do, we will not be Blockbuster. Now, how many of you remember Blockbuster? Blockbuster was the place to go in the 90s and the early 2000s. For me and my family, like every Friday night, I got a rental, my brothers got a rental, we had pizza. It was the place to be at. But in 1998, this company began, and it became a disruptive innovator. It's called Netflix. And so, not too long after it began, a couple years in, Blockbuster had a chance to buy them. 
but they didn't want to go for it. They said, we've always done it this way. Long story short, there's one blockbuster store, blockbuster store open right now, and it's actually an Airbnb right now. Because it's a store that's shut down, but they say, oh, you can rent it and have a 90s flashback night. It's in Oregon right now. No, I'm not kidding. There's literally one left, and right now it's an Airbnb. How does something so giant fall to that place? It did not innovate. And by the time it tried, it was too late. Don't put your faith in an industry. Put your faith in God. And ask for disruptive innovations. And how to change. And how to move with it. You know, one of the things, you know, when I began to tell you guys last year that we're going to start Faith Plus. And I'm sure there's some people like, why would you start a TV network online? I actually had one member who told me later that says, you know, we wonder. We said we rolled with it. It was like, why? People won't do online church. Why would he do that? And so we got all that work going, prepared and doing those things. And when the pandemic hit, we were ready because we had been working towards that for a year. We were ready. And so while people were trying to figure it out for a month or two, it just means Dave and I kind of worked a little harder to edit, to provide, to get all this stuff up there. We were ready because we innovated. And just from a business point of view, instead of investing more into that, we were spending so much money on our bulletins and our print work. And I know some of y'all loved your bulletin and cherished it deeply. But cutting down all those trees was expensive. I said, we're going to stop the bulletin and invest in this app. And because we did that over a year and a half ago, when the pandemic hit, we were ready. Don't get so married to the method. Methods can change. Methods are anointed for the moment God tells you to use it. Just like Elijah, God told him to leave the brook. And a lot of people are still at that brook and still haven't gone to Zarephath. But this is still our time of restoration and it's our time to advance. <laughs>